Welcome back. Over the past year or so, it's been pretty much impossible for couples to throw the kind of huge wedding bash that we used to take for granted, with every cousin, friend and associate present and accounted for. A century ago, during the War of Independence, one prominent Tipperary Republican and his fiancée faced quite a few challenges in planning their wedding, and they had to take some extraordinary measures to make sure the big day could go ahead. Our reporter, Connor Sweetman, has the story. I was hoping we could start by taking a look at an iconic photograph of the wedding party. Do you have it beside you? I can bring it up here for sure, yeah. In one of the books here. So I have the photo, yeah. So can you just describe what you're looking at there? Well, the photo we have here is the wedding photo of Dan Breen and Bridget Malone. And they're seated with their bridesmaid and best man behind them. The bridesmaid is Bridget Malone's sister, Annie. And the best man is uh, Sean Hogan, another one of the Tipperary Big Four. The two women are dressed in their finery with the dresses with they had made themselves with Celtic motif. But probably the most interesting aspect of this photo is the fact that there's an automatic pistol resting across the, the laps of the bride and groom. Mauser C96 pistol, which was a very effective weapon used by some of the Tipperary IRA at the time. In 1921, Ireland was in lockdown. The War of Independence had been raging for over two years. Government imposed travel restrictions and curfews had become part of everyday life for Irish people. We think of this period as a time of revolution. We don't normally think about it as a time of romance. But one romance that did blossom was between Bridget Malone, a young Dublin woman, and Dan Breen, a Tipperary IRA gunman who at the time was one of the most wanted men in Ireland. So how did Ireland's most wanted rebel find the time to meet a girl, get engaged and organise a wedding, all under the nose of the Crown forces? I spoke to Tipperary historian Sean Hogan to find out about Breen and his bride-to-be. Malones were a, a very interesting family, really, from Dublin. Uh, Bride's eldest brother, Willie, was in the Royal Dublin Fusiliers and serving with the British Army in France and was killed there in May 1915. But less than 12 months later, another brother, Michael Malone, was serving with Eamon de Valera's volunteers and he was also killed. So the two women lost two brothers in, in, in less than 12 months. Bridget Malone's older sister, Annie, was also out in 1916. She was uh, shot in the hip in St. Stephen's Green. And uh, during the War of Independence, she became an IRA operative supporting the IRA squad, as they were known. And that's how they were closely connected with the Tipperary men, who had given quite a bit of time in Dublin as well. In January 1919, Dan Breen participated in the ambush at Solohead Beg, which signalled the beginning of the War of Independence. Two police officers were killed in the ambush and afterwards Breen and his comrades went on the run. And had a tough enough time uh, in, in Tipperary after that and they eventually moved to Dublin and lived for a while in Dublin and operated when Collins' squad was being set up in September 1919 and became involved in their operations, including an operation to attack Lord French. During that, they failed to kill Lord French. Uh, he was coming from the railway station at Ashtown to the Viceregal Lodge in Phoenix Bar and they ambushed him uh, where intersected. Navin Road there. They, they missed their target, but another IRA man called Martin Savage was killed and Breen was shot in the leg. 
And it was that event that was to bring him into contact with the Malones, in fact. Uh, they had to put him up on his bike and, and tow him back to Fibsborough, where he was uh, treated by Dr. Ryan. And after that initial treatment, he was then shipped to Malone's house in Grantham Street. And uh, the two women, Annie and Bridget Malone, nursed uh, Breen then and treated him, took care of his wound. Uh, after that, until he was recovered again. Once he had recovered, Breen went straight back to work. Unfortunately, he was shot again in October 1920. And ended up back in Malone's again, being nursed by the two sisters there again from October, November and into December. And apparently at the end of December, Breen was leaving to go back to Tipperary and they had decided at that stage. So the romance had obviously developed to the point where they decided to get married and had fixed the following June as the time, which was, you know, optimistic on, on their behalf, really. It was optimistic because it was a dangerous time in Ireland. Many of the bride and groom's friends had been killed in combat or captured and executed. Bridget travelled by train along with her sister and bridesmaid Annie. Because of lockdown and travel restrictions, the two women posed as holidaymakers and boarded a train from Euston Station to Thurlis. They were picked up at Thurlis train station by members of the South Tipperary Brigade. Dan Breen was a senior officer in the brigade and he had arranged for two active service units or flying columns to protect the wedding. So you had about 60 armed IRA men uh, moved into the area, you know, who would normally be moving around looking for targets to attack the Crown forces. They did the usual thing, they cut some trees, you know, to block the Crown forces from being able to drive in on them, set up armed guards and those to fire on anyone, you know, so that was their part and their role. So you had these 60 young men, you know, armed men in the area as well. So as well as the others who were invited to the wedding you know we don't know who the invitation list was and who made it and who didn't make it and who who wasn't invited but it was a good gathering of prominent IRA people on the day really or for the day for the weekend the wedding was on Sunday. So what do we know about the day itself and the sequence of events on the day? Uh, the three phases to the day the wedding ceremony took place in, in uh, Purcell's house in, in Glengat. Uh, they're strong farmers and the Purcell's feature in some of the photos, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Purcell. That was the first part of the actual ceremony, and there were quite a number of photos taken there around the house. The second phase of the day, they moved on for the breakfast, the wedding breakfast, in Luby's house, again, not very far away. And they moved to a third house, then Davins of Rasala, which was the headquarters of the South Tiberi Brigade, the IRA, was on Davins farm, Davins land, and they had the, the party and the sort of celebration there that was the three phases of the of the day. And I, again, I think as we look at the photos of, of the people, they're photos of, of normality. These are wedding photographs, you know, we're, we're not for the pistol in the person. But the other photos, you know, they're, they're, they're normal wedding photos of families and groups of couples and whatever, uh, except for the, the abnormal situation that they were in. This was something taking place in the midst of the Crown forces, you know, and, and uh, had been kept secret and w- was done. I mean, the danger of, of word spilling and, and becoming a target, you know, would have been very significant, really, there. But the word didn't, there was no no leaking of the word uh, about this. And so that's the, that's the extraordinary thing about the photos, really. It looks so normal, except that the next photo then is four IRA men standing, smiling, smoking their cigarettes and, hold, you know, standing with their weapons nearly enjoying the day as well, you know, so they weren't all out on duty all the time. They got to, they got to enjoy it really as well. After the wedding, the couple went to Breen's home country in West Tipperary for a honeymoon, staying in houses of various friends and family for a few nights. 
After that, Bridget returned to Dublin and Breen resumed his duties of running the war in South Tipperary. When the truce came four weeks later, Ireland emerged from lockdown and Dan and Bridget were reunited. After the truce was declared, I think Ireland went into complete party mode. As I said, it was almost like coming out of lockdown. I think what we'd expect to happen here now, coming out of COVID lockdown. Uh, people, young people who hadn't been able to have dances and whatever, they just made up for lost time. And throughout the months of July, August and into September, every night there was a dance and people were on their bikes going here, there and everywhere. And an awful lot of romance, I'd say, in, in Ireland among people who had been the heroes of this particular period. But that, of course, didn't end well then with the Civil War, and that became very difficult. Now, to say the likes of Dan Breen and Bridget Malone, they had probably a glimpse of what a life might have been had the revolution continued and been successful. They would have been the leaders in the, in the brave new world. But that wasn't what happened. The National Army routed them very quickly, and they had to take the living rough again, back you know, on the run again. This time, they didn't have the popular support that they had during the, the War of Independence or the Tan War, as referred to. So coming down from that was a very difficult, a different one, I think, for them because, you know, they were in a very difficult situation. They weren't going to get the jobs that were available. You know, they'd fought the state, but the new state wasn't going to provide them with jobs and employment. So it was difficult for them. I, I think there is no question about that. Many of them did eventually build lives and uh, settle to new lives and with their wives and families and got on with them, tried to get on with things. But I think we should not underestimate the difficulty that families had. Uh, coming through and coming from those years of revolution. Those years of revolution took their toll on our cast of characters from the iconic wedding photograph. Annie Malone, the bridesmaid on the day, Bridget's sister, she went to America, stayed for a number of years till about 1927, but came back then and married a man who had been a National Army officer, and called Theo Fitzgerald, who became Lord Mayor of Dublin. And Sean Hogan, he, he married a woman called Christina Butler, and had three sons but he became separated from his wife and seemed to have great difficulty and I think clearly the impact of the events he'd been involved in you know were, were, were to be seen in his later life Dan Breen and Bridget Malone would say were obviously the married couple although I think to, there was difficulty in the relationship and, the, uh, and they had difficult times and I think would have been separated towards the end of their uh, their lives I think Breen, as I say, was the successful TD, you know, for, for Tipperary for the 30 years, really, that he was there. Uh, I think uh, he, he died in 1969. Uh, Dan Breen died in, in December of 1969 uh, and was buried in Donohill in West Tipperary, where he comes from, his own home territory. Uh, Bridget Malone died, I think, in 1984, and she's buried also in Donohill in the same graveyard as Dan Breen. Breen, in his book My Fight for Irish Freedom, devotes a disappointingly short chapter to his romance with Bridget Malone. Most of what we know has come through the Malone family and, of course, the photographs. There was one piece that I might just add that I didn't talk about. The photographer on the day was a man called Jack Sharkey, who was an intelligence officer for South Tipperary Brigade of the IRA. And he brought along his camera. So it may not have been the wisest from, uh, you know, if the, if the films had to fall into the hand of the Crown Forces. But uh, his photos are contained in two albums in the Bureau of Military History, and they really are a wonderful record. Our historian Sean Hogan works with the group Tipperary in the Decade of Revolution. They're planning on running a series of events after we come out of lockdown later in the year. You can learn more about their work at tiprevolution.ie.
Connor Sweetman was reporting there. He was talking to historian Sean Hogan about the romance of Dan Breen and Bridget Malone during the Irish War of Independence. Still to come on the show, I'll be joined by Rosita Sweetman to talk about the Irish women's liberation movement in the early 1970s. Stay with us.